I'm Tara Oldridge, and you're listening to The Smart Woman Show. I believe that every woman has a powerful, profitable, and impactful business inside of them that God has called them to create. This podcast is for women who have a deep sense that they want more, more out of life, relationships, and business. This show is going to give you the tools to be everything God created you to be by sharing strategies, tactics, and heart-centered lessons so you can stop stopping yourself at the fear of the unknown and finally take your inspired vision and turn it into an impactful business. There's no excuses here. Are you ready to commit? Let's do this. Well then, welcome, Susan Sly, which is the coolest name in the entire world, by the way. Welcome to the Smart Woman Show. So happy to have you here. Well, Tara, thank you so much for being like having me on your show, and and I just want to acknowledge all of the amazing women who are watching, so that they are going to get inspired and fired up to go out there and do great things in their lives. Yeah, exactly. It's all about pulling each other in, and I really I don't usually do this. I don't usually read off people's bios, but I think it's really important that you understand as the viewer um, who we actually have here uh, because she's bomb diggity. So I'm just going to look, I have some highlights here because again, I don't usually do this, Susan. So I'm impressed by you. So Susan Sly is a tech investor, best-selling author, speaker, trainer, and entrepreneur. She's built channel sales teams that have produced, wait for it, over 1.6 billion with a capital B in sales. She's completed the Boston Marathon six times, has dedicated a significant amount of time and money working to liberate girls from sex trafficking and invest in their education, which is really near and dear to my heart as well. And Susan is the mother of five, wait for it, five children and they live in Arizona. So, um, whoa, you are one of those like extra over the top achievers. And so I'm going to ask you everything that I possibly can to really feed these women because I know you know a lot. Your experience is insane. So what I'm hoping from you, if it's okay, is that we could dive into investments. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Because not a lot of women invest, right? First of all, why don't women invest in your experience? I think that there's a couple of reasons. I think that there's a lie we tell ourselves as women about our areas of competency. And it, it even starts in the education system. It's only now changing. My youngest daughter is 10 and she's in the Lego Robotics Club. And she goes to programs at, that are about tech and building stuff and really cool things. Those programs didn't exist when I was growing up. But fortunately, my dad was an engineer, Tara, and he helped design the pacemaker and the microprocessor. So back in... Yeah, I know. So back in the 80s, I'm almost 50. I can't even talk about it. Um, back in the 80s, I said to my dad, I'm like, Dad, you know, I want some video games. And he said, code them yourself. So there I was coding um, my own video games. And I went and I was coding in university. I was building algorithms, like early iterations of algorithms. And then I started to tell myself this lie. Like, I I wasn't techie, even though I had, I was one of the first OG online coaches, 1995. I had an online coaching site with clients from all over North America, but I still kept telling myself I wasn't technical. I did an internship in a stock brokerage. I used to do manual calculations in terms of like how to calculate people's retirement accounts without using a calculator. So if you came in and you're like, hey, where is my account going to be in 20 years? I would have to physically figure it out. But I actually still, despite all of that background, didn't think 
I was savvy enough to be an investor. I turned my money over to someone and I'll, I'll just share a quick wake up call. And I turned my money and I had it, you know, monthly, it's going into mutual funds. And a friend of mine said to me, he's like, Susan, you're so smart. Let me do a deep dive on your portfolio. And he showed me how much I was paying in hidden fees. And I said, I am not going to bury my head in the sand. And that's when I really, I decided I started reading tons of books on finance. I, I, took back my own portfolio. I actually day trade uh, in my 401k, I know, and I'm an options trader. I do all of that stuff. But it really starts to answer your question, why women don't, is because we tell ourselves a lie. We're not capable. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm not pretending. I'm very confused by this. Why, why do we do that? Why do we tell ourselves that we're not capable? Why don't we trust ourselves to make these decisions? And I think it may have something to do with just lack of knowing. And that's why I'm so happy that you're willing to go into this. So let's just say we've perked some interest on the other end of this camera and someone's like, okay, well, give me the goods, Susan. Like, what do I invest in? How do I invest? What's hot? What do I look for? Some women don't even know where to begin. Mm, yeah, I think let's talk about the different types of investments because yeah. you and your husband run companies. You are an extremely savvy woman. So there, we will start low and kind of go up the scale. So let's say someone's listening to someone like Dave Ramsey and I love his advice. It's very salient. And Dave always says invest in mutual funds. So he's not just talking about mutual funds. He's talking about things like index funds, which have very low yields, a lot of funds out there. And I'm not an investment advisor, by the way, <laughs> um, a lot of funds out there, they have hidden fees and you may say, well, two and a half percent, which is the average, doesn't sound like a lot, but you're going to pay that whether you make money on that fund or not. So index funds, they follow a whole index. Um, and one of the things I learned, I took an intensive options trading class that the top options traders in the world, they only trade about five different funds. And so one of them follows the Dow, one of them follows the S&P, you know, it just one of them follows the tech sector. So if someone's just getting started, I suggest one, take a look at how much you're paying in fees, take a look at funds that follow a specific index, always, you know, get second and a third opinion, not just one opinion, and then start reading books. It's so key. Even starting with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know Kim and Robert, they, they live here in Arizona. Um, starting with those books um, that are going to help you. Then the next thing is make your, uh, your financial education a priority. So one of the things I do is I'll watch CNBC every single morning while I'm doing weights in my home office. So I'm coming live from my home office today. I also have a, another office, but what you don't see is I have a full set of weights, a physio ball, exercise mat. I have kettlebells right behind me. And so I will get the kids off to school and I'll be in my office watching CNBC trading stocks and doing weights at the same time. <laughs> like no joke. <laughs> the second type of investment. So once you start there, that's kind of a baby investment is looking at individual stocks. Now there can be money. Um, you know, the date we're doing the show as an example, a stock that are, is an amazing a women consumer driven stock is Lulu. It trades at L U L U it had a massive quantum leap. Its earnings report was higher than expected. And why? I believe in what Warren Buffett says, follow the stocks that you understand. I go to Lululemon and now I have four girls and one boy. 
my daughters all want to go to Lululemon. Lulu is going into a lifestyle brand. They're going to do, um, they're doing um, body care. They're, they have mindfulness rooms. They understand their consumers. So follow the stocks. It doesn't mean you buy them, but follow the ones for what you consume. I'm a vegetarian beyond meat. That stock tanked a little, but from its IPO, it's up a ton. And I'm, I eat all of their products. The next level of investing if you're still in a market is, is very high level stuff like options and things like that, where you're, you make money. If the market goes down, you make money. If the market goes up, you need to take courses and understand that stuff. Don't just go into that. Then the level is where, you know, Tara and I are where we might invest in startups. And there are certain KPIs, key performance indicators you need to look at when you're investing in startups, but all the money that people make in companies, if you invested in Apple or Facebook or any of those companies when it was in the startup phase, you would be worth a lot of money today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, it's that trust and that faith. And, and I actually heard you talking with Chris Harder on your podcast and you asked him a very specific question that said, what should I look for? in a company or in a startup. And Chris gave you three very specific things that I know you're obviously aligned with. It was, you know, it's kind of a prompted question. You already knew the answer to it. So I'm asking you now, what are the three key things that you're looking for in a startup? One of my friends was one of the original founders of GoDaddy. And when they exited, she received a nine figure check. <laughs> so I want to credit her with this first um, answer. So you invest in the people. Mm -hmm. I look for people uh, helming companies who have an athletic background because they know how to push through pain. Mm -hmm. I look for people who are experienced. Um, there are a lot of great companies that are founded with people with great ideas, but they don't necessarily have the experience. So I'm, I'm building an AI startup right now. We have one of the top five data scientists in the world, Abe Hoffman. He was featured in Forbes. Um, we have some of the smartest people, Carnegie Mellon PhDs, MIT guys. I mean, it's, it's really humbling for me to be surrounded by such brain power, but investing in the people. So does this company have someone who is innovative it's not just the product they're putting out now, but much like Steve Jobs had, you know, two decades of products in the vault when he died, does, is this company already thinking about its next iteration, its next iteration? So you've got to have the right team. Number two, do they know what they're doing financially? There are people out there who burn through their startup money and they're spending it on stupid things. So they're doing their capital raise and suddenly they go from driving a, a Ford to they're driving a Bentley. I mean, it's ridiculous. That initial money is spent really on two things. Number one is getting the right, if it's a tech company, the right tech people, they're very expensive. A really good engineer out of Silicon Valley starts at about 400,000 a year. Um, the next thing is they're spending it on that product development. And so that would be the next thing. Are they financially responsible? The third thing is what's their go-to-market strategy? Are they super clear on how they're going to make their first $5 million? And if they don't know, um, those are some red flags. So I, I also put money into WeFunder. WeFunder is amazing. It's, um, you know, anyone can get involved in that. So there are a lot of companies in WeFunder that you can enter at, you know, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks. There are people who are doing startups. They have to be vetted by WeFunder. WeFunder makes money because they get 7% of this person's initial raise. So there are people in there doing a $2 million raise, a $3 million raise. You can see all their decks in there. So if you're interested in startups, but you don't have like 
at Radius, our minimum investment was seven, uh, 25,000. Our biggest investor put in 750,000. If you don't have that kind of money, check out something like WeFunder. Um, it's a great company. Like so. crowdfunding, right? Is that what you're referring to? Crowd yeah. yeah. WeFunder I've never is, heard of WeFunder. Oh, it's awesome. This? It's Oh yeah. You pick, I'm so excited. I'm not a spokesperson for them, but I will be if they watch this. So you pick what you're passionate about. So say it was like health and wellness or beauty or alcohol or all of the above, they will show you pitch decks of people who are building those companies. Um, so I just invested in one. It's cool. I won't say the name of it, but it essentially um, is for grandparents and kids to little kids to draw and color together on the same screen, like an app. Oh, I love that. What is that? Not even for grandparents, but even just like, for example, Phil's always traveling, like even just for them, you know, oh, I love them. I'm going to fig figure out what that is or I'll ask I, you afterwards. I will tell you offline um, because I don't want to be liable yeah, for something. I get it. But that I, one, WeFunder is like $500 is their minimum buy-in, I think. So it's, it's, it makes startups very accessible. And a few years ago, the law changed. So prior to that, um, most investors, like with Radius, all of them had to sign an ISQ. And I'll just go through what this is super quick because, Tara, you said to me, let's talk investing. I think we opened love Pandora's it. box. I I'm love it. I love it. Let's go. So according to the SEC in the United States, um, a qualified investor is they have to either personally make over 200000 a year or 300000 a year combined as a couple have a million dollars in assets or have a million dollars in assets outside of their home. So a lot of average folks don't qualify. So it's just one of those things, oh, the rich get richer and I wish I could invest in startups. I don't have that money. A few years ago, the law changed. And so Companies like WeFunder, um, which again, I love, 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 because you're still getting a stake in that company. It's just a baby stake. Mm -hmm. they, they open their doors. And so you, the average person can invest now. And that has changed. But um, in a startup like Radius, where we are doing very traditional raising models because we are an AI tech company, we have deals with multi-billion dollar companies, we went that road of traditional raise. Um, I have a friend, she is about to do a company. She's going to put it through WeFunder. So people can invest probably for like 50 bucks in her company. So Yeah. And what's really good about that, especially for those of you who are wanting to raise money or equity in your companies, because maybe you're like, Hey, I need to raise some money. Right. And you want to go on WeFunder as a company. Um, and and you maybe you want, want to have your exit plan be that you're going to go public and receive a multiple on the end and all of these things that happen down the road, but you need a certain amount of initial investors in order to go public. And I'm not, I know in Canada, it's, I think it's 200. I'm not sure what it is in the U S or on the OTC or any of that, but that's just a, that's an option for you. If you are looking at, Hey, maybe I could be a startup on this WeFunder thing. So I check it out. I'm definitely going to check that out. So your company, the tech company, I love tech companies because technology is not going anywhere. And I'm also not an investment advisor. I've just been in this industry for a little while. I don't know as much as Susan. Um, I'm not telling you where to put your money. Um, but I know that that's where our family, that's where, that's where we invest. I mean, with Phil being, I don't know if you know, but electric cars and trucks and buses and all of that. Um, how do you feel about a woman right now hearing this? And maybe you can't even speak to this actually. Um, but just, just think about like your little sister or, you know, just, just your, your friend's kid watching this thinking, 
I really want to just set up a portfolio online and just play around. Go for it or just like, what do you, what, what do you think? Oh, there's so many amazing like practice, you know, software platforms out there. So I have a good friend of mine, um, his son <laughs> decided he was going to do Forex trading and there's an amazing Forex like, trading, uh, foreign exchange trading. Oh, foreign. Yeah. Yeah. And so f- there's a Forex book and it's called like the diva's guide to Forex trading or something. Oh, you can go on YouTube and watch videos. So Anyway, I was doing the speaking event for like 10,000 people and the, the son was backstage and, um, and I said, so Nick, how's it going with your Forex trading? He's like, here's what I did. For six months I studied, I got a practice account. This month alone, I made $16,000. So he, he was at USC and he was Forex trading part-time and I didn't even mention Forex when I was talking about all the different ways to invest. So my advice is find a piece of software that has a practice account. I think that, um, you know, one of my girls is 22 years old, so she's about to graduate ASU in marketing. And it's interesting because she runs Instagram accounts for companies. It's what she does kind of part-time. And there are jobs that are being created now that didn't exist 10 years ago, and there are ways to make money now. But one of the greatest pieces of advice I can give anyone watching, whether it was a, a goddaughter, a, you know, a niece or, or sister, or whomever, is you always want your money to work for you. And so the old rules of money, the ones that are biblical, apply. So taking 10% minimum, ideally I recommend 15% and putting it in some kind of account and then taking a percentage of that and having that money work for you. So one of the things I do uh, when I get paid from my company, because I'm my own employee, I have three companies, um, what I do is I pay myself and then I take a percentage of that and I put some um, in my trading account, and then I'll put some in WeFunder. So I'll go through WeFunder. Again, WeFunder, right? I'm obsessed. Um, but then I'll take, I'll, you know, and it might be like 500 bucks. It might be 700 bucks, and I'll go in WeFunder, and I'll see what really strikes a passion, and I'll look at the founders. And I'm looking at my WeFunder investments that are going to bear fruit maybe, you know, for eight years from now, that those are going to pay for my girls' weddings, right? Like, so it's, it's being fiscally responsible, using your money to make more money. I know some women are like, Hey, Susan, I can't take 15%. Then girls shop at consignment stores and get your crap together. I was a millionaire at 24 and I lost it all and became homeless. And I learned a lesson. Wow. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really. Okay. So you were on the rise with what? Multi-level marketing, right? No. How did you do it? When I was in Canada, so I'm originally Canadian, go Canada, I owned a health club. And so I was, back in those days, I was the personal trainer and nutritionist to people like the Tragically Hip. Um, if you're Canadian, you know who they are. Yeah. Um, I salvaged like pro athlete careers and I was on radio and television. Um, I was on television five days a week, radio once a week. So I owned this health club. So on paper, I was a millionaire. But I decided to bury my head in the sand. My then business partner, I was like, you handle the finances. I'm just going to do the fun stuff. I'm going to do the marketing. I'll be on television. You know, I'll do all that stuff. And then one day I walked into my health club to teach a spinning class and there was a padlock on the door and we'd been shut down for failure to pay taxes. I had no freaking idea. So there I am, single mom, homeless. I had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. My brother-in-law takes me in. I get down on my knees and I'm like, God, 
if you will show me the way, I will do the work. And I took a, a very humbling job as a sales manager for the largest health club chain in the world, took my division to number one. Our Canadian dollar sales were getting converted to US dollar sales, built the winningest team there. Then I went into direct sales because it was a low uh, barrier to entry. Um, and, you know, generated multiple, you know, I helped 42 people become millionaires, generated multiple, multiple, multiple millions. Um, then I became the number one sales producer for a um, digital marketing piece of software. And then as I was about to start my own tech company, I ran into the guys who were doing Radius. It was a marriage made in heaven. I'm an investor. I'm an equity owner. And that's how that all started. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my gosh. You're a freaking queen. <laughs> no. Like you are a queen. Okay. And I, I don't, I, I could sit here on this phone with you for, or this zoom call forever. Um, how can people connect with you? Like, what is it? I don't even know what we're bringing your way in this. I know you're just here to be amazing, but I want people to be able to connect with you. So what are we giving? What are we sharing? I, I'm honestly, I, I don't need anyone to get anything. I don't need to sell anything. What I would love, I do, um, I'll, I'll share a little bit about what I'm up to when I'm not like the only, I do want to talk about this, what it's like to be the only woman in the room, because that is love it. in, in the tech world, I'm often the only woman in the room. And so I'll get to that in a moment, but, um, you know, people can follow me on Insta, it's at Susan Sly, Twitter, Susan underscore Sly. If you tweet at me, I promise you it will be me tweeting it back at you. Um, on LinkedIn, it's very much my business profile, all about artificial intelligence, CEO, you know, being a boss. But my show, The Susan Sly Project, we're actually going into an up brand. And the whole focus of that show is to help people become entrepreneurs and all the scary stuff. So I bring on amazing guests. Tara, I'm going to have you on the show. I had Jesse Itzler, who um, is married to Sarah. Or Blakely, he started NetJet, Zico, Coconut Water. Um, so that's what that show is about. So I would more than anything, I have nothing that I want to sell, whatever, opt in, just go, please, please, please check out my show. Um, you know, connect with me, DM me, whatever, on any of the social media. Um, and my website is SusanSly.com. But let's talk about being the only woman in the room, yeah. right? So you're a vanguard. And what I mean by that is, yes, there are women out there who are doing shows and things like that. But one, look what you titled your show. Look at the guests you bring on. Look at your commitment and professionalism. There are a lot of people in the space who will put their toe in the water. They'll do it for a few weeks or a few months, but they won't have your staying power. So I want to give you kudos for that. Thanks, girl. And in, in our world, so if Tara and I were on a roster, a roster to be speakers at an event, we would get paid less than men. In the speaking world, women are still getting 50 to 60 cents on a man's dollar. Uh, in the tech world, every tech meeting I go into, and um, I just negotiated a deal where our company would get free GPUs. And essentially, if people listening don't know what that means, um, Amazon's biggest client is Apple and the cloud processing costs are just ridiculous absorbent. So I negotiate a deal for our company. It's me, all guys, and I'm negotiating this free GPU deal. 
Okay, so these kinds of things are talking about being in a room going, okay, why are you using edge processing? What does that really mean? Do you, can you use a Movidia stick? Like all these terms that I've learned, but I'm the only woman in the room mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And so I want to, what I want to say, especially to the younger women watching is you're going to get into a world by the time you're my age where you won't be the only woman in the room. But no matter what, you've got to be okay with it and you've got to hold your own and you've got to own it and not be shy about it. But it also means don't try and be a man either. Oh my right? God. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. just going to note, I was going to say and notice how she may be the only woman in the room, but she has a total handle on her masculine and feminine energy. You're mm-hmm. extremely feminine. You're sexy, you're beautiful, you're pretty, you're edgy, you're classy, you're trendy, you're all the things that women want to be, and you are authoritative, you demand a certain amount of attention um, in a respectful way, and this is the type of example that women need, uh, this, this balance of the masculine and feminine energy. So you are the perfect coach. And I think you could write a book on this. I think that should be your next book title called the only woman in the room because legit it's happening. You know, thank you for giving me that confirmation. Cause I literally the other day, I, th- I can't even remember. I think it was doing my show and I'm like, I need to use this as a book title. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, totally. No, it's a book for sure. When I thought that I thought, I thought that's where you were taking it already. So it's definitely a go for that. Definitely. Thank you. I'm um, on it. <laughs> I have some things I want to share with you off camera. So let's say goodbye. And thank you so much for being on the show. Definitely connect with this woman. I don't know anyone smarter than her, actually. As well. You're so kind. Like, Thanks. seriously, you are the smartest woman on the show. I've got to give, you, give that to you. I love you and we'll see you guys next episode. Bye. I want to thank you for listening and subscribing to the smart woman show. My vision for you is that you would experience the same level of success. Me and my friends have break open that vision girl. DM me on Instagram at the Tara Oldridge and I will send you a link to book a free strategy call with one of my success coaches today. Let's do this.